Welcome to another exciting and elucidating episode of the OmniTalk Ask an Expert series. I'm your host, Chris Walton. I'm Ann Mazinga. And we are the founders of OmniTalk, the fast-growing retail blog that is all about the companies, the technologies, and the people that are coming together to shape the future of retail. And Ann, today we're going to discuss one of the hottest trending topics in retail right now, yes. just in time for the holidays, and that is the buy now, pay later space with one of our all-time favorite guests and friends of OmniTalk, the president of Sezzle, the very own Mr. Paul Paradis. Paul, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Great to be here. Thanks for having me again. It's great to have you back at OmniTalk. I think this is your second time with us. It's been a while. I think it's been like three, four years, something like that. Yeah, I think it was three yeah. years, like almost three years to the day. I is that right? Like. Yeah, almost. Yeah, just about. I think we did it like in the holiday season in 2018, believe it or not. That's crazy. Awesome. So it's great to have you back. Yeah, um, well, great to be here. Paul, for those people who are newer listeners to Omnitalk, will you give us a little bit of a refresher on you know what buy now, pay later means and how you and Sezzle kind of fit into it all? Sure. Um, so I actually think this is a bit of an interesting question because I believe BNPL has been a bit kind of watered down and bastardized as a term mm-hmm. over the last yeah. uh, few years, you know, sure. maybe even year plus. Um, Pretty much anyone who is in point of sale lending is now calling themselves buy now, pay later. And I, I think it's probably because of the attention that the industry is receiving. So everybody wants to attach themselves to something that's growing fast and, and receiving a lot of attention. Um, in my opinion, you know, true buy now, pay later is short-term installment plans offered at checkout, primarily used as a replacement for traditional credit cards. Um, okay. And that's why I believe... BNPL has seen such a rise is because it's really a response to customers' rejection of credit cards and a demand for something new, something easy to use, easy to understand, and more financially responsible in many ways. So you know, we saw BNPL taking off in Australia about four and a half years ago mm-hmm. and thought there was a real need for short-term installment plans here in the US based on the decline usage of credit cards that we are seeing here in this market. So we launched Sezzle, which is a pay and for solution. It enables a customer to make a purchase. They receive the items today, but they pay for it over four interest-free installments spread over six weeks. Uh, we now have over 8 million customers. We have over 41,000 merchant partners who accept our payment method. Mm-hmm. And we've expanded into Canada, India, Europe, and we're just about to launch into Brazil as well. Um, so we really believe it's a global mega trend um, that is you know only going to continue growing um, because there's a real love for installments again because it's easier to understand um, it fits with how people get paid it's kind of an automated budgeting tool so we think it applies across many geographies and Paul explain for me you mentioned it briefly in your description but you're a pay and for installment mm-hmm. um, company what about the others that are in the space too? And how are you different there? Because some people I think are hearing buy now, pay later. And they're hearing like Apple, for example, is doing Mm -hmm. a credit card now. Like how, how is that different? And how do you really see that like Sezzle specifically? Like, why did you choose the route that you, you did? Yeah. Great question. There's a lot of different flavors, um, within the, you know, retail point of sale lending space. Um, you know, for a long time you had traditional bank credit cards, you had retail credit cards, right. um, you know, Gap card, Target Red card, um, things like that. You then had um, 
Bill Me Later was, I would say, the kind of the grandfather of Buy Now, Pay Later. And that got bought by PayPal and was rebranded into PayPal Credit. But that was more of a, a digital revolving line of credit, okay. right? Um, you also had installments being provided historically, but almost always on high ticket items. Right. Mm-hmm. So you go into a furniture store, you want to buy a couch for $1,000. I don't have $1,000 today. Well, you can get a 12-month installment plan financed by Synchrony or by mm-hmm. Alliance Data Systems or by some bank, right? And sometimes it's interest-free. Sometimes there's interest attached to it. Um, what drew us to our pay and for model is that, um, it was extremely consumer friendly. It's always interest free to the consumer. Um, it's a lot less capital intensive. So, you know, the amount of money that we're lending on any purchase is pretty small. Right. Right. And so we don't need a huge balance sheet, like a bank to be able to offer this product. It also allows us to develop a much deeper relationship with our customer base because they're using our product a lot more frequently than if they were just using a long-term installment loan product to buy a couch. You don't buy a couch that often, right? But you buy clothing pretty often, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of people weekly, monthly, right? And so if you look at our purchase frequency, if you look at our top 10% of customers, they transact with us 49 times per year. Wow. If you compare that, uh, you know, to an affirm or a bread or, you know, a longer term installment loan provider, it's once, maybe twice. Um, So that's why we love this model. You know, it was uh, sticky, capital light, regulatory light as well. We don't need nearly as many licenses and um, we follow a lot fewer regulations um, offering this short term interest free model. Um, so th- there's a number of reasons for it, but uh, we, we love it. it primarily again, because it helps us build a very deep relationship with our customer. Yeah, Paul, I mean, I think I want to expand on that now, given the history that you've you know seen in this business for the, what is it going on five years now? I like think, I think, like you said, in the open, we had you on the show three years ago to talk about this in pretty good detail. I, I think the origin story of how you guys evolved is really interesting too, within the context of this buy now, pay later space too, in terms of you know, it being an, an online way to pay for things primarily in the beginning. And now we're seeing that gravitate towards, you know, in store. So I'd be curious from your perspective over the last five years, how have you seen the BNPL space evolve in terms of consumer and retail adoption? And where do you think things are going next? Yeah, it, it's changed a lot. I mean, I'll, I'll touch quickly on the origin story, uh, but we really, it was based around the same data point around credit card usage going on the decline, right? Initially though, we thought it was more of a a preference for debit. Mm. Um, And so we launched an ACH based payment platform. ACH is basically bank to bank transfer for those that don't know, you know, payments very well. Um, You know, bill pay is often on ACH. Uh, If you transfer money to a friend, bank account to bank account, ACH. And it's much lower cost to merchants than credit card and debit card transactions. Um, And so we were trying to bring down the cost of processing using, you know, a debit-like payment method and then giving cash back to consumers to incentivize adoption. We really struggled to get consumer adoption with that product. And I think it's because it wasn't really uh, a preference for debit. It was more of a lack of access to credit and a lack of... um, like in the existing credit options out there. Uh, they just didn't, you know, they didn't want a traditional credit card that was 
hard to understand, uh, hard to understand how it impacted your credit, hard to understand how much you needed to pay and when, and, you know, mm -hmm. all, there's a lot of things that intentionally are left kind of gray because banks make their money when you don't pay on time. Right. Um, so it was really seeing this short-term installment model take off in other geographies that made us say, you know what, maybe, maybe this is that new flavor of credit that people need um, that encouraged us to then pivot our business model. And then it took us kind of three months to retool and then launch this installment plan model in August of 17. Okay. Um, so that's kind of how we got our, our, our start. And it was at first adopted by small merchants and direct to consumer brands. That was kind of, you know, who, who we got our start with primarily in fashion and beauty. Um, you know, these are higher margin categories, so they're able to justify paying a little bit higher merchant fee for an incremental sale, which we are, we're a little bit more expensive than your typical credit card transaction, mm -hmm. right? Um, the direct to consumer channels become more and more important over the past few years, since brands can make more money versus wholesale or through a marketplace like Amazon, right? And these are also categories where young people spend a lot of their disposable income. And young people are who are most drawn to buy, buy now, pay later. So that's where it really got its start. Um, I'd say over the past really two years, BNPL has gone way more mainstream. You know, you've seen BNPL expand into other retail categories like home decor, electronics, travel, health, nutrition. You've also seen older and higher credit consumers start to adopt buy now, pay later. And I think as buy now, pay later providers continue to expand our feature set and benefits to be able to compete more directly with those traditional credit card offerings, things like loyalty programs, the ability to build your credit score, uh, more ubiquitous acceptance across all of retail. I think more and more people are finding buy now to pay later to be a better payment method for them overall. Um, yeah, why and, do you think... Paul, let yeah, me stop you for a second. Like, why do you think it exploded in the last two years? Like, what were what was the convergence of factors that you guys you guys point to in that? I think COVID had a huge it did part in that, right? Because you know, before COVID, you had eighty percent of retail spend in store, if not eighty five percent. And I think overnight, the percentage of online retail doubled mm -hmm. uh, in like one month, right? It yeah. went from like fifteen to thirty percent of retail spend. So I think that helped Be because that took place. Then a lot of merchants and retailers were then prioritizing that channel mm -hmm. and were reprioritizing a lot of the projects that they had in their queue mm -hmm. to focus on their direct to consumer, you know, online channel. Right. And so BNPL got reprioritized to the top. And then, you know, because you had a lot of people now shopping online, many people for the first time, you know, they were being exposed to BNPL for the first time because BNPL has really been limited to online almost exclusively so far. You know, we're just starting to push in store. But two years ago, you wouldn't have seen us being promoted or offered in any stores, right, right. in the U.S. at least. Um, so I think that did have a huge, a huge impact. But really, the industry was moving in that direction. I think COVID accelerated it. It's just getting large enterprise retailers to adopt something like this takes time, right? And so BNPL was new to the market, you know, four, four and a half years ago. And it takes one, two, three years for these large retailers to say, okay, this is a thing, this is working. Right. Let's figure out how to, how to integrate, how to get it into our, our digital queue, you know? 
well, correct me if I'm wrong too. Like part of it is it's a conversion play too, right? So as this e-commerce sure. penetration is happening, like it's an awesome conversion tool for those retailers too. So I imagine if I'm thinking about this, right? Like, you know, they saw the need, they saw the sales coming in this direction. They're like, oh, wow, how can we increase conversion? Get that a lot, you know, higher than what we've seen previously. And so they started adapt, adopting these types of, of payment systems, right? Am I, am I thinking about that the right way? Absolutely. And I think also, you know, going back to COVID, I think a lot of people were in financial distress. A lot of people were, you know, right. sure we had stimulus payments that started at some point, mm -hmm. but there was a period of time there where it was like, you know, people were out of work. People didn't know what was going to happen. Right. And so if you have a more flexible budgeting tool at right. your disposal, um, I think that that also encouraged more people to, to give it a try. Yeah. The unknown people were trying yeah. to, to be able to have, have more stockpiled away at home. That's right. Um, well, Paul, as we start to think about the holidays, you know, mm -hmm. we're out, you know, they're upon us. We're, we're days and weeks away. Um, what are you expecting to see buy now pay later, like usage and adoption look like as we head into what, what will be the, you know, the busiest shopping season of this year? I think, I think it's going to be huge, you know, just based on, all the surveys I'm reading and, and everything I'm hearing out there. I mean, I think in general, the holiday surveys I've looked at, you know, many consumers are planning to shop early this year, mm -hmm. you know, both in fear of supply chain issues, but also to prevent spending too much in a short period of time. And so I think right. many consumers are drawn to BNPL solutions for the automated budgeting uh, that we provide, which is I going to be even more important this year when you're buying gifts. Right. Are there, so you mentioned the gifts, are there categories that you think will have higher usage than others like apparel or electronics or something based on the holiday gifting time period? Yeah. You know, in, so in general, the largest category for Sezzle and I think for BNPL in general, by far has been apparel and accessories. It's fascinating. Uh, yeah. So fascinating. Across the board. I th and based on the, the research that we've done with our customers for the holiday season, that still holds true. People are saying they want to buy apparel and accessories with BNPL, but we're also hearing electronics and video games, which makes sense. Children's toys is another big category. So those gift categories that you think of um, are very are very popular. Beauty products, surprisingly to me, ranked also very high, but maybe that's just a sign of people's interest and in kind of getting back to celebrating with loved ones mm -hmm. and wanting to look good, you know? Mm -hmm. Whereas last year we were kind of all socially distanced in quarantine. So- well then those are bigger ticket items too. I mean, I just Road did a Sephora speaking. order today and it's like, you mm -hmm. know, even, even with the 10% like discount that they have for the, the pre black Friday shopping, it's like, you can quickly drop a hundred dollars on just a few items. And there's the buy now pay later option that yep. is there. And it's like, why, why not at this point, not, you know, right. like why, why are you jamming everything into that scary November, December credit card bill? If you don't have to. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I think the other is point of that too, that I take from what Paul just said too, Anne is like, it's, it's not about the bike, right? It's not, a, you hear about the Peloton bike all the time, but it's mm -hmm. not about that. That's not where the BNPL space and activity is really happening, especially going into the holidays. The other part, Paul, that I want to go back to that you mentioned a little bit was you mentioned the demographics of who's using these solutions. Right. And I, th I saw a survey that you guys put out too, where I was shocked that millennials were actually a small portion of your overall, uh, you know, customer base, which just baffled me. And there was actually a surprising amount of boomers and Gen Xers in that, in that data set. So what, what's going on there? You know, millennials are certainly still the largest generational cohort um, out of all of them. Right. So, um, but you do hear so much, oh, this is millennial, this is Gen Z. Right. Yeah. Um, 
I'm not surprised because, you know, you can compare us to layaway almost, Mm. right? It's a little bit different in that you're getting your items right away, which is a consumer benefit. But Mm -hmm. um, people have been using layaway for a long time. Anybody who's shopped on QVC, HSN has seen, you know, four easy payments of for this ring or watch, right? right? right. Yeah, yeah, in a lot of ways, it's not new. It's just a pivot, right? Yeah. And so you look at the customers that use those payment options, uh, customers that are shopping on HSN, QVC, those are not millennials and Gen Z, right? So I think that there is an understanding of installments. I think there's a comfortability with installments really across the board. And like I said, as we've moved mainstream, you know, away from just being kind of exclusively with your hot D2C brands, where primarily the millennial and Gen Z shop online, but getting into acceptance by Target and Walmart and Amazon and other large enterprise retailers accepting this form of payment, I think you will start to see that age bracket, you know, skew a little bit more distributed. Yeah. And you just mentioned Target there too, which is something I want to ask you about. And I still don't want to let you off the hook for my previous question too, which is where is this all going next? Um, because, you know, as we talk about on this show, we're always about the technologies that are really going to shape the in-store shopping experience. And you guys sure. have been doing some really groundbreaking things with Target. So why don't you tell us about that and how that works? Because I think the, um, the convergence of buy now, pay later and physical shopping is there's a lot going on there. So tell us about that. There is. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately there are some things in the works that I have to keep confidential in terms of, you know, in-store at Target. For sure. Um, well, what, what I can say is that the user experience for paying with Sezzle in-store at Target is really cool. Um, it's entirely driven by our mobile app. So if you download our mobile app and click on the Sezzle card tab at the bottom, we issue you a virtual credit card with a spending limit. So that, and then you can add it to your Google or Apple Pay wallet, right? You can just have like to click a button to, to push it to your wallet. If you click on the shop in store tab on the top of the app, it then generates a map view of all the stores around you that accept your Sezzle card. Wow. So you can see Target locations, GameStop, Pure Hockey, other retailers that accept um, Sezzle in store. So all you have to do then is go to Target, you know, load up your shopping cart. Uh, make sure that you aren't checking out for more than your pre-approved spending limit, which is very clear to you on the app. And then at checkout, you just tap your phone at the terminal using your Apple or Google wallet. And we initiate the installment plan for your purchase. So, you know, at most retailers, integrating with their point of sale technology can be really challenging. So we leverage the existing checkout technology with NFC um, and, and virtual card acceptance wow. to initiate the purchase without any technical lift for Target or any of our retailers, um, and then we can just you know put the put the purchase on an installment plan on the back end. Wow. So it's pretty slick. So Paul, when you're explaining that to me, it sounds <laughs> a lot like, and Chris and I have talked a lot about about how like these buy now pay later providers are kind of eerily similar to like the Visa, MasterCard, American Express, like the way we transact there. I mean, the same way we're using, you know, our, our mobile payments to pay with multiple credit cards that we might have. Are are we thinking about buy now, pay later in that same way? Like, are we going to start to see the retailers you mentioned offering, you know, several different buy now, pay later providers, or are are they going to be doing like more exclusive partnerships? Like we saw kind of in the earlier days of buy now, pay later. I think you're thinking about it exactly how we think about it. Um, You know, most retailers start by offering just one solution, primarily to reduce confusion with their customers, 
also to reduce the effort to integrate and support, um, you know, multiple providers. Sure. Um, but as they see how much lift they get, um, they add more providers to take advantage of each of our own unique user bases. You know, if you think about each BNPL platform, we've acquired our user base through the exclusive merchant partnerships right. that we've had. And so there isn't a lot of overlap in our user bases yet, right? right? Okay. So I think it makes sense from a just a pure marketing and sales standpoint to generate as much interest in your store, as much eyeballs, because all of us promote our merchant partners to our customers. Mm -hmm. They want to add more than once that initial period of exclusivity ends. Um, not unlike you know, a merchant adding PayPal and Amazon Pay and Apple Pay. Those are all conversion plays, right? right. Like I know that if, if I'm a PayPal user and I've already created an account and I see that button in checkout, I'm going to have a seamless checkout. It's going to go faster. I trust it. The same thing applies to BNPL, right? We have an added functionality, which is installments. But at the end of the day, you've created, a, you've, you've created an account that repeat purchase experience can be really right. slick. I trust you. I've used you before. Um, so I think that is where, where it heads. Do you think that's going to be different online versus in store, Paul? Like I, I, I like what hmm. you were saying earlier about like, it's simpler for the customer to just see Sezzle when they're checking out at Target than to have 15 options right there on the page for them versus like in store where you might say like, okay, you're going to pay like using a mobile payment again. We'll use that example where it might make more sense to have multiple providers. You know, I think. Actually, the in-store experience may be even easier to offer more providers mm -hmm. right. simply because of this virtual card technology. Mm -hmm. Now, right. you know, there are some merchants that leverage the virtual card technology online really as a stopgap until they have the time to directly integrate because the, the user experience is clunkier. You're, you're issuing a virtual card and then you're making that customer copy and paste this card number into the normal credit card flow. Sure. That's harder than just adding it to your wallet and tapping. Right. right. And so I think it will get to the point where you're going to have, you know, everyone directly integrated, or you may eventually have an aggregator technology that just everyone has to plug into. Mm -hmm. And as a customer, it, it saves what your preferred payment method is. And you can use that anywhere you go online mm -hmm. in store. You might just see a, a little placard where historically it's shown Visa MasterCard Discover Amex accepted here you might see four or five other logos except sure. here, you sure. know? Right. Um, so I think there will be ubiquity across both online and in-store in, in the not too distant future, in my opinion. So Paul, like how, let's close with this. Like how big does this all really get in your mind? Like what's going to need to happen in the future? And I imagine there's a lot of things we could bring into that discussion so that as many people as possible can take advantage or benefit from this new way of paying for things. I, I think it becomes as popular a payment method as debit and credit, to be honest with you. You know, I okay. think what we've done is driven a wedge in between credit and debit. It, it kind of sits in between the two, right? Um, so I, I think we're heading toward a convergence of, of BNPL and traditional banking, you know, and or neobanking, um, where, you know, a customer has issued a payment card that's connected to a mobile app. And they can seamlessly choose how they want to pay for anything, you know, either at point of sale or immediately after, you know, pay now directly from your checking account, pay with a short-term installment plan, put it on a revolving line of credit, 
Wow. Put it on a longer term installment plan with interest if it's, you know, a really big purchase. Hmm. So, you know, really it's the traditional financial institutions who are being disrupted, in my opinion. You know, eventually mm -hmm. the credit card networks might get disrupted if we can move to some, you know, real-time payment rail that our government backs or that the major banks get behind. Mm -hmm. But the infrastructure they've built is currently being used by all of us uh, in BNPL, pretty much everybody, right? So I think it's going to take time to get off of that, if ever. Um, so, you know, if, if, if the question is around addressable market opportunity, like how big does this get? I would look at all, all of consumer banking, to be honest with you. Wow. Right? It, you know, if you want to look at the BNPL payment method specifically, we look to Australia as a guide mm -hmm. for where this can go. And the latest figures I've seen is that in the US, I think about one and a half percent of online retail spend is being processed through buy now, pay later providers. In Australia, it's over 15%, right? And they're about two to three years ahead of us in terms of adoption of BNPL and where it entered in. So you know, I think BNPL has a lot of room to grow on its own, but I think really we're going to be pushing more and more into traditional financial services and disrupting you know, the major banks. Wow, that's mind blowing. I know, <laughs> Paul. Uh, that's that's leaving us in quite a spot to think and ponder <laughs> for quite a long time. Um, yeah, the whole point he said there about like you just walk up to anything and you pay whether you want it this way, you want right. to line a credit, like, yeah, you want to go buy now, pay later, you want to pay with cat like traditional, yeah, like it's cash like a, your checking it's account, like a like McDonald's like menu of payment options. It's just <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it's really the super app kind of idea again. You know, it's kind of crazy. Okay. Paul, we will be revisiting this discussion in the future. I have no <laughs> doubt. Um, that was wonderful. If people want to get in touch with you or they want to learn more about Sezzle or even, you know, look into bringing it into their stores as payment options, where should they go to get in contact with you? So our website is uh, Sezzle.com, S-E-Z-Z-L-E.com. Uh, you can certainly hit me up on LinkedIn, uh, Paul Paradis. Um, my email is paul at sezzle.com. Pretty easy. Um, happy to reply to anybody with, you know, any, any questions about the industry or sezzle. So yeah, please don't be shy. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And, and, and to your point, and this is, uh, for those that were paying close attention, this is now the first of our ask an expert series with sezzle. And we're going to be having a number of these throughout the course of 2022, where we'll regularly visit this topic to understand what the trends are. Hopefully we'll have Paul on again at some point to talk about, you know, what's different, you know, now than he saw three months ago or six months ago. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to that because this space is, like we said, it's heating up hot and heavy. All right, Paul, thank you so much again for sitting down with us today. Again, it's Paul Paradis, the president of Sezzle. And thanks to everyone for joining us live on LinkedIn as well and for all the questions you've been posting there. And as always, be careful out there.